Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to That's the Tea, the podcast that gives you football news in the most digestible way possible. My name is RJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, to bring the best highlights of NFL free agency so far. Ryan, how are you doing today? And if you could describe free agency in one word, what would it be? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I like it. Phenomenal. I mean, since we're not talking about trades this week, I don't think it's phenomenal, phenomenal, but free agency was still very interesting. I, I agree with you 100%. It's crazy because all the trades, it was like free agency first, then the trades, and then free agency got impacted by the trades because then like more openings happened. Players wanted to play for other players because exactly. of those trades. So we'll well, I would about- say, though, that the big name players moved through trades and not free agency. Correct, which is why, don't worry, everyone, we will be talking about all of the offseason trades next week because there are just so many for like, we've watched football for how long? And I feel like this is like the most impactful like NFL trade, like offseason ever. I heard someone compare it to like the NFL is turning into the NBA now where you actually have big names moving around. Yeah, right? Like through like trades and stuff like that. It's crazy. And through all those trades, like, do you think that there's still a like one super team? Because I don't see one super team. No. Like me. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's all the AFC. I think I, we mentioned it earlier, like privately, all the AFC is like a powerhouse, except like some teams. Like, okay. Yeah. Except for some teams. I'm not going to go into too much detail like the Jaguars who spent the most. Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. <laughs> they, but I mean, they could always assess that in the draft, but we're not there right now. We are talking about NFL free agency and we have three really fun lists that we want to talk to y'all about. One being three players that we thought that would help boost or improve their actual team. Mm-hmm. And we have two other lists that are related to fantasy football. So two players that we thought had positive fantasy football value now, and two players who are kind of on the other side of that spectrum who have negative fantasy football value moving forward after free agency. So without further ado, let's just talk about regular football right now, Ryan. And let's talk about our list of players that helped boost their actual NFL teams. And would you mind if I go first? Yeah, you can go first. I think the big one that happened later on after like the first wave of free agency was Lael Collins. That's the last guy on my list. Not the first, because I don't think he made the biggest impact, but he was the last guy on my list. See, I would argue that he he may not have made the biggest impact, but he filled the biggest need for the Bengals. Because let's, let's admit, I think so. Yeah, the offensive line is what costed the Bengals in the Super Bowl. If you all watched it, Joe Burrow yeah. got sacked a lot. And what's the reason behind that? Poor offensive line. And Leo Collins satisfies that need. And I feel like they're one step closer to fixing that problem. I also think they got him on like a really bargain deal as well. I don't know the exact numbers, but I was I saw that it was a bargain deal. So, I mean, it works out for both sides. I mean, more for the Bengals, less for Collins, but yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think part of that was because like in his contract, it might have been less money because he's a little injury prone, right? So he needs to prove to be on the field more often to get paid more money. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of where that contract came from. But altogether... Joe Burrow has more time to pass to his playmakers. Joe Mixon has one more hole to hit in a game, and those can make or break a game. So I just think exactly. Bill Collins, great, great signing. Because who needs Panay Sewell? Because they, they they got, like, I don't know, they, they kind of got uh, trashed on last year for picking Jamar Chase over an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. And now they got an offensive tackle the year after and still got Chase. <laughs> it's funny because people were saying, um, instead of <laughs> – 
look guys instead of getting Lael Collins and Jamar Chase we could have gotten uh we could have gotten um whoever that offensive tackle was and, and Tyler Boyd yeah and Tyler Boyd <laughs> no see the Bengals knew what they were doing it was all they part knew. of the plan yeah all right uh my my guy I mean two guys on the same team so I guess I could mention it together because they both play on the same side of the field the first one is Khalil Mack I think what he uh, I mean Oh, wait, that's a trade, huh? Low-key, but you can talk about it. You can talk about him and okay. the other player. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Khalil Mack, the first one, I think it's just really impactful because he brings, like, a huge, like, other uh, – I don't know how you would say it. It's like a best pass, best pass rushing duo, I think, in the whole league now because you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I mean, this is the second time Khalil Mack got traded. I don't know why he's getting traded this much if he was – if he is this great, but the hype is there. It makes them a very scary defense. You add in JC Jackson, who they signed in free agency. It was a massive deal. I think they shore up the one side of the field because on the other side, they already had, I think, Asante Samuel Jr. And he really was good. like popping off. And lastly, I think my last comment though, is that it's a little bit of skepticism. When was the last time, is my question to you, when's the last time a cornerback signed a huge deal and actually performed besides maybe Jalen Ramsey. And people are still arguing that Jalen Ramsey is not performing to the value of his contract. I think the closest one that comes to mind is probably like Marcus Peters, but he wasn't even as great when he was on, when he played for Kansas city. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's with Baltimore right now, right? Baltimore right now. Yes. I mean, he's solid, but the thing is, does he deserve the amount he got? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think cornerbacks just get overpaid, but it doesn't mean JC Jackson won't do good for them. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I think it's a little overpaid. It's like tempering your expectations, even though you should really chase the money. And just to bring up Khalil Mack and, and Joey Bosa. So you talked about like this one, two tandem, right? Like best pass rushing duo in the league. And why is it so important? It's because perfect example let's talk about joey bosa's brother nick bosa why can't he get 20 sacks a a year it's because they double team him right yeah Mm -hmm. you can't double team two players coming in different sides you run out of you lose the numbers game which is why it's so important to have two really good pass rushers which is why i think the chargers arguably have the best defensive line right now with khalil mack and joey bosa and I think that's why depth is really important. And a lot of teams use free agency to give you uh, give their teams that depth is because depth allows you to basically tell the other team to pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Which guy do you want to not double team? Which guy do you want to leave uncovered? And if your depth is solid, your second or third guy coming in will still make plays when your best player is like, you know, locked up by two guys. Exactly. Exactly. So good signing by the Chargers. Moving on, though, to the same side of the coast, but going up for my next player. Going up, okay. It's Rashad Penny, and he is staying with Seattle. It was a one-year deal worth $6 million, and I thought it was a really good move for Seattle, despite them being in shambles right now, just because Chris Carson is injury-prone, and Rashad Penny can go ahead and take this job away. And it's another example of these one-year prove-it deals. One year, six mil. Rashad Penny can stay healthy, take the job over, be a good running back. He can get paid next year. I think so. Uh, Penny was the one that popped off towards the end of last year, if I recall, right? Correct, exactly. Because I remember us talking about Rashad Penny last year because he was drafted 
a while ago, like I think four to five years ago, like in 2017 or something, he was at the back end of round one, people are kind of like, oh, this is the new guy, you know, because obviously he's a first rounder. And then he came in and he didn't really show that, <laughs> that he was the guy. Chris Carson was still their guy. So I think this is kind of like one of those examples where we kind of talked last week where it's like you get drafted, but depending on how well you perform in those years, it kind of dictates how much money and where your career trajectory tra- uh, trajectory goes after your contract ends. Because there's a lot of guys who get extended or uh, their contract runs out and they get a big contract. Rashad Penny, I think, is one of those guys where that didn't get that big contract. And to, to add on, um, first round pick, they did not even pick up his fifth year option. They literally mm-hmm. brought him back on a cheaper deal, a much exactly. cheaper deal. So, I mean, that's just something to mention as well. Overall, though, with Rashad Penny, I don't think I like the move in terms of fantasy because it's going to be a running back running back by committee, which means multiple running backs, not one true lead back. But I feel like, I don't know. And I just also don't believe in the offensive line. It was just a good signing by Seattle. Yes, good signing for Seattle. But this does not mean their team will significantly improve because there's a lot of holes elsewhere on the roster. Correct. And I feel like that's a really good bridge to my last two players. Fantastic. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, who signed massive lucrative deals to go and play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I was talking to Ryan about this earlier on in like the last two weeks, like, because these contracts were enormous and they're big. And you're like, why? It's literally that they have to pay the premium to get decent quality starters to play for them. I don't want to say these players are chasing the bag, but that's just how they have to convince people to play for them. Yes. And I mean, if we break it down just a little bit, right. I think Christian Kirk, he got paid more than players who were okay. So to preface this, I think before free agency starts, analysts put together like a list of like, you know, top 10, top 25 best free agents, right. There were other wide receivers that are better than Christian Kirk, according to those lists, not me. Don't come after me. And so you would think better players would get paid more, right? Just common sense. There are players who got, who are better, quote unquote, better than Christian Kirk that got paid less than Christian Kirk. Makes no sense. It I mean, really throw common sense, sense out the window. Throw common sense out the window. I think a really good comparison to this, if you follow the Patriots, would be how you all signed Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne to these really big contracts in New England. Like, are they, they're good players, but are they like X-Factor players in Madden? Not really, but they can help fill a need. And the need that Jacksonville needed was Trevor Lawrence needed weapons. Are they premier weapons? No, but guess what? Doug Peterson's a new coach. And Carson Wentz, if you look back, didn't have that either during his MVP season. So they built it with a great offensive line, solid pieces and a decent defense. And Hey, they have a good offensive line right now. So they might be honest. You bring up Carson Wentz and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl that year with Doug Peterson. I don't remember a single like skill player besides like, I think look at Blunt. Ghost. Exactly to RJ's point, the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey, he's gone. None of these guys are X factor players. Doug Peterson made it work and I feel like I don't know if this is a hot take it really shouldn't be Trevor Lawrence is talented he was a first round pick for a reason it was number one overall pick he had a really bad coach his first year 
Doug Peterson is willing to really bounce back Trevor Lawrence's career. If it doesn't happen here, I don't know what's going to happen, but that is my take on that. Did you have anything else that you want to talk about for free agents and I guess like improving just NFL teams in general? Mm, I don't think so. I think, I think the last comment, I, I guess that we should know for people who don't know too much about the Jags is that Kirk and Jones are good players, but they are joining, I guess what you can say, a stacked skill position like a room with the Jaguars because the Jaguars already have like LaVishka uh, Chenault which is another wide receiver uh they have another one I forgot his name but they, mm-hmm. they have a few pass captures in that room already but I feel like if anything it'll just brew competition because there's no clear-cut number one x-factor player yet exactly. so then it makes the team better I think by the competition these guys aren't coming in to just be number one and number two right away at least I don't think so. I don't think so either. I just remembered that player's name. Marvin Jones was yes, the other Marvin player. Marvin Jones. Almost the ghost of Marvin Jones at this point. <laughs> but um, with that being said, let's move on to some fantasy football talk. And let's talk about a couple of players who have now positive fantasy football value. And I can start off with my first player. It's Juju Smith-Schuster, who this was before the Tyree Kill trade. We'll talk about mm. it another time but when i first wrote down in my notes juju finally gets a pretty competent quarterback no shade to big ben for all you pittsburgh steelers fans his arm was pretty much shot like right when um like juju tried to pop off and be the wide receiver one my analysis is about him being the wide receiver two, which now makes no sense that's okay that's okay i'll keep going because the last time juju was good was when he played with antonio brown and he wasn't the wide receiver one on his team now, he'll, he was supposed to be a great number two behind Tyreek Hill. And I thought he was going to be a top 20-ish wide receiver in this upcoming year in terms of fantasy football. He's currently the number one wide receiver for his team. I still think top 20-ish is around that range of him yeah. where he can be. <clears throat> but I don't think he'll be the only good wide receiver. I feel like Kansas City will address it in the draft. Yeah, because the passing volume is there for Juju to potentially sneak into the top 20. Mm-hmm, exactly and wide receiver one and two i don't know if we ever mentioned before i we throw these terms out a lot but you can i guess you can kind of think of a team as having different skill levels almost where it's like different yeah. levels because if you're the, the wide receiver one you are like widely known as the best player or best receiver on that team meaning that the defense are going to go, go against they're going to put their best player or their best cornerback on you so you're getting basically the top of the top. You are considered elite. When you when you are the wide receiver two, you're going to get their second best cornerback. So in a way, you're playing lesser competition, but also because your skill level is less. Correct. Yes. yes. And so a good team with a lot of depth are teams that have, for example, two good wide receivers that could be wide receiver ones on other teams, but yes. someone has to be slotted down one to wide receiver two. Because exact purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a wide receiver one. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's just like a different tier. They're in like a different tier list. Exactly. So a wide wide receiver two in like tier one is probably better than the wide receiver one in tier three. Exactly. Exactly. Very good comparison. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So that being said, that's all I had about Juju. Do you want to talk about your first couple players? Yeah, my first guy, it's in your division, Mr. James Conner. And I, I decided to bring him up again because we did mention him last, I think last episode where 
you mentioned a fact that I didn't even know where he was like battling cancer. You went to the doctor, said he had like a week to live or something, and then he's mm-hmm. still here. But I, because, and I think positive fantasy value here is because nothing too crazy happened to James Conner. He just re-signed, I think, like a two-year deal or something with Arizona. The main thing is that his backup or the person that he was sharing that backfield with, and by sharing the backfield, it just means that like uh, he was splitting carries. Like he was, every time they ran the ball, it wasn't just him. They could either give it to him or they could give it to the guy he was splitting carries with. The guy he was splitting carries with, his name is Chase Edmonds. He is now gone and he went to the Miami Dolphins, clearing up any, basically clearing up any, uh, I guess, person that would, yeah, yeah, basically clearing it up for him so then no one's going to eat into his share now for the foreseeable future because if the Arizona Cardinals draft someone you know that person might eat into James Conner's share again but as of right now James Conner positive fantasy value because he's going to get way more volume you bring up a really good point at the end which is we're talking about shares we're talking about all these things in fantasy football this is something that we're always going to emphasize volume is king just because they have a good game they only got five carries they got 100 yards that is a lot more fluky than someone who had like 15 or 20 carries for hundred yards. Cause you know that they trust that person. They trust that player. And it's going to be consistent throughout the whole year. Exactly. And volume is just characterized by basically how many times you get to touch the ball, because every time you touch the ball, basically you're getting another chance to make a play to make, and a when play you make a play, mm-hmm. it gets points for your fantasy <laughs> team. So and you want you these want. guys to have a lot of chances. Exactly. Exactly. So Moving on to, I think, a player that I feel like will have a lot more chances for his team. It's Michael Gallup, who, (sighs) very similar situation to Juju. Gallup slides into the number two role in Dallas after they traded away Amari Cooper, which we will talk about again next episode. So what does it really mean for Michael Gallup? I feel like Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback, and this team loves to air it out. So do I really see Gallup as a top 20 wide receiver? Probably not. But I do think he's within the top 30 wide receivers for sure in this offensive system that he's in, which means that he'll have value coming into fantasy football drafts. Will he be a league winner? No, but he's a very good depth piece if you want to draft wide receiver depth. Honestly, if you can get Gallup in your flex, I'd be jumping for joy. So mm-hmm. you put him at your wide receiver two on your fantasy team, it's still like, eh. You it know? an eyebrow, right? It raises an eyebrow because you know other people have better wide receiver twos than you do. <laughs> You're putting Michael Gallup in your number one wide receiver two spot. But yeah, I like it. My player, my last player, Matthew Stafford. I think, I don't know what the general consensus was on him last year. I feel like not everyone believed in him as much as they, they, as, as much as they should have, because he also obviously won the Super Bowl and all that. Um, and they traded for OBJ late round, so no one saw that coming. But this year, they just got Allen Robinson, arguably, what, the best wide receiver available in free agency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's coming to the team, albeit there, there, will, there has to be a target share here because there's Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. I know Woods just got traded, but OBJ might come back. So you are you do have a lot of elite players on that team. So maybe Allen Robinson might not get as much volume, but I think he's on a very good team that has a lot of opportunities to score. You Which would give really more volume boost. than he did last year? <laughs> maybe. Because Cooper Cup is a little too good. 
But I feel like if Allen Robinson is the number two and people focus on Cooper Cup, that's when he can pop off. Because I don't know if you can put your cornerback number two on Allen Robinson and expect cornerback number two to survive. It's so interesting because I, I really want to look back at on tape. I wonder if they'll put the one on Allen Robinson, the cornerback one, and put the slot corner on Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup plays the slot. Uh, and they just, he just eats up. <laughs> I mean, in that case, then Allen Robinson should be moved to the, the, the list we said before that actually improved their actual team in real life because he's just putting it, he's doing work behind the scenes to open it up for Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. Stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, drawing all that that top tier talent to him, even though he's not top tier necessarily the best of the best, for better players to succeed and get better matchups. Yes. But yeah, moving on. Um, is that everything that you had for positive players? Because we can go and flip yes. the coin to negative players. Yeah, yes, we sir. have a couple of players for this one. I can get started for some negative fantasy football players. It's Miles Gaskin, who My I was. List. Smilus, man, I was so high on him last year, and he burned me. And this is this is not because I'm mad at him. This is literally what we've been talking about this whole episode, which I feel like is the theme of this episode, and that is shares, and that is volume. Miles Gaskin will no longer get volume playing for the Miami Dolphins. Why? Because he's playing in a running back by committee with two other running backs, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And you're like, oh, that's fine. Maybe if Miles Gaskin was the best running back, that'd be okay except for the fact that their coach, Mike McDaniel, comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, which means that they can literally sign any running back off the street and they can produce and have big games. The problem is you will never know who will do that. They literally just pull a name out of a hat. Yeah, in a way, but you can think about it like this. They pull a name out of the hat and that name kind of sticks around for the whole season. So it's just the problem is, is when you go into the draft, you are actually gambling by picking one of these players mm-hmm. 100% because because it's a gamble none of these guys will go that high in the draft so you don't have to waste a high draft pick like round one two or three on this guy so then you're you're rolling the dice to get like an rb1 borderline maybe rb2 but yeah I, it's a gamble though my favorite is when people drafted raheem moster and trey sermon in round five and six Mm-hmm. And the winner was Elijah Mitchell, who was undrafted. Who was undrafted, or people drafted him literally towards the end of the draft. Exactly. So, altogether, Miles Gaskin, complete fade. I wouldn't trust him. Very, very crowded backfield. Just don't Go trust anyone on the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. Go for Ryan. My first guy, maybe hot take, Kyle Pitts. Uh, I see it on your face. And it was because I wasn't really high on, I, I, I think I was high on Kyle Pitts, but then I just never could get myself to draft him. Mm-hmm. Cause I was just like, this is too much. Like there's no way. So Matt, the, the issue here I see is Matt Ryan is now gone. He went to the Colts and comes in Marcus Mariota. Uh, if you guys do not know about Marcus, Marcus Mariota, a 10-second recap of this guy's careers. He was drafted very high in the draft, like number two overall or something. Went to the Tennessee Titans. They gave him a chance. Uh, he didn't do too much. He would always get injured. He got traded to the Raiders to be a backup to Derek Carr. Uh, also made of glass there. And then now he's traded 
to the Falcons. So when he did play, I honestly think he's a dual threat quarterback, meaning he could run, he could throw if he can stay healthy. And I think in recent years, we have not seen him play that much because he was relegated to a backup role. So basically now you're basically putting a backup quarterback who was once a starter on this team to throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. That's why I think Pitts deserves to be knocked down just a little bit. My only argument is this. When Mariota was playing quarterback back in Tennessee with Arthur Smith, do you remember who was playing tight end? Was it John Newsmith? No, or was that? Oh, Delaney Walker. So far back. If anyone knows that, who's, who's listening to this, Delaney Walker, but... He popped off. He was pretty good tight end, top five, seven tight end. And he wasn't right, even that great right. coming from a Niners fan. He wasn't that great. Because <laughs> all I'm thinking is that, okay, and you bring up a really good point now because I can't name a wide receiver during the time that Mariota was playing for the Titans. Mm-hmm. And we can't name a receiver right now on the Falcons mm-hmm. besides Kyle Pitts. So that, that's a really good point because I came into this thinking, you know, it's only Mariota. Kyle Pitts. All the attention is going to go to Kyle Pitts. This is not going to work. But you bring up a good point. Something I think, and this is something about fantasy football too, there's no right answer. People will have their own opinions on Kyle Pitts. I'll be higher on Kyle Pitts. Ryan will be lower on Kyle Pitts. And guess what? Maybe by the end of the season next year, he'll be right in the middle of where we both ranked him. That's okay. Or or one of us will be right. Who knows? Exactly, right? So it's totally fine. Um, It's all about opinions. So that being said, let's just rip through to the last two players. My last player is Antonio Gibson. And this is because of the J.D. McKissick signing. My goodness. So Antonio Gibson was great down the stretch. RB1 numbers. Why? J.D. McKissick was out. He got hurt. Concussion. For one day, one day, the fantasy football community rejoiced. Peace was made because J.D. McKissick said he would sign with the Bills. Everyone was happy. What happens? The commander said no fun for anyone. They decided to match their offer, and J.D. McKissick was like, I like the Commanders. So he signed with the Commanders instead. This usually doesn't happen, by the way. Yeah. This is like a once in like a, not generation, but it hasn't been happening until recently for some reason. So what does that all mean for fantasy? It's hard to trust Antonio Gibson. He was inefficient last year. They lost a lot of offensive line pieces, and we have no idea how this offense will be with Carson Wentz under center. I think Gibson's a good RB2 but not no. RB1 like last year. No, do not even draft him as your RB2. I drafted him the second round last year to be my RB2. He burned me. I, I don't think I even made it to the playoffs in fantasy. And I usually make it every year. It hurts because the thing is, I remember, like, I think uh, Gibson would always give up carries to McKissick and they would give McKissick, like, you would think sometimes McKissick is in there to catch passes. No, they literally hand him off and let him stay for the full drive while Antonio Gibson is just chilling on the sidelines. Breathing before halftime. Yeah, it's like, can you put your helmet back on, please? Because you know when you see a guy on the sidelines and his helmet is off, he's not coming in anytime soon. God. Sorry, I I have a lot of emotions (laughs) towards the way they use Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, great player. It's just they don't use him enough, which frustrates me. Oh, I can go. Now that your anger is gone, take it away for your last player. Hopefully, it doesn't engulf more anger. Oh, this is multiple players. The whole Steelers receiving core. 
I think you downgrade everyone on there. Everyone, and I, I, I say this is because everyone's always high on Deontay Johnson. I think everyone is like, oh, Deontay Johnson, wide receiver one. I, I, I'll take him as a wide receiver one in my, on my team, in my league or whatever. But the thing is, last year they had Big Ben. And everyone has their own opinion of Big Ben. Obviously, like RJ said earlier, you know, he doesn't really like Big Ben. And now Big Ben is gone. He retired. They have three quarterbacks that probably combine to be less than Big Ben. Like in terms of like experience, of experience and accomplishments and what they did. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. <laughs> but yeah, in terms of experience, okay, not wait. You know, maybe maybe RJ is going down a different path. He can explain to us after I finish. But <laughs> in terms of experience and accomplishments in this league, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins add it up together, you sum them up, they are nowhere near what Big Ben has done in this league. And these are the three guys that are competing to throw to these wide receivers. Not a recipe for, for, for like success. No comment, because you said exactly what I would say about the whole receiving core. You can elaborate on your, your method of summing them up using a different statistic. His name is Big Ben for a reason. Be thick. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Like he's thick with five C's. <laughs> you just stick with the K. Not even the C's. He's thick with the K. But that's that's all that I had for today. <laughs> same, same. I'm excited for next week because we got to talk about the trades. Me too. Yeah. But to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening, and hopefully you learned one or more thing, uh, one or more things about the NFL. Share this podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at. That's the T 2020. We will catch you guys again next week when we recap the trades that happened during free agency week. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.